Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com. I'm Alex Dunlap, joined by Byron Lambert, and you guys finally got us to 400 ratings and reviews in Apple Podcasts. We thank you for that. And as a sign of our thankfulness and gratitude, we're going to pick a few of you uh, here after the podcast to reach out to to get you the information about your new pro memberships at rosterwatch.com. We will do it again once we get to 500 reviews. And so if you're listening to this and you have not reviewed the podcast and Apple Podcasts, please do it just to help us out. But also, you know, leave your Instagram handle, your Twitter handle, your email, however you want us to get a hold of you. And once we get up to 500, we will be giving out some more free pro memberships to rosterwatch.com. With that said, all of our content, in-season content, is starting to roll out at Rosterwatch right now. As we record this on early Friday afternoon, we're getting our inputs and our models and everything together for the week one DFS cheat sheets. We're going to talk about the DFS main slate here uh, quickly, position by position, sort of primer and, and, um, and breakdown, but... Make sure you go to rosterwatch.com and you look at the sheets, you look at the Hyper DFS lineup optimizer, you look at the Vegas tool, and make your best decisions this weekend on our big week one of football. Byron, we got football last night on Thursday. What are your initial takeaways from the uh, Thursday night game between the Packers and the Bears? Well, Alex, you're quickly reminded that fantasy hurts. It hurts bad. Uh, you know, the <laughs> The takeaways are something we've been concerned about since last year was, you know, is this Matt Nagy Bears offense? Is it a bunch of smoke and mirrors? Is it window dressing? Is it gadgetry? Is it maybe a peewee offense? You know, that what we saw last year was the production came in waves. Trubisky would have the big monster games. Allen Robinson got all the targets last year. I know he was still recovering from the ACL, but his numbers in the season were pedestrian for the targets he got. And he had the big breakout games. It looked fantastic last night. And he was probably the only silver lining really in the entire contest last night. The question will be, he did that last year. Sometime he's got to keep it up. Certainly he's healthier this year and looks like that could be the case. So looking like a quality pick there, but you know, just starting to look like, you know, that may be just, the bottom line with this bears offense and anything attached to it is that it's, it's going to be streaky. It comes in waves. It's not super reliable. And a lot of that has to do with Mitch Trubisky as a player. I mean, that appears to be the type of quarterback that he's shaping up to be. He doesn't have all the physical tools uh, to push the ball down the field the way that they'd like. I think that's pretty obvious. And, you know, he's just not an aggressive passer like some of the other young guys in the league. So, Starting to think that, you know, that's been our suspicion for a while that maybe that's what this thing is. Maybe an Andy Reid Jr. peewee offense or a, some kind of shitty version of an old Mike Martz mad scientist <laughs> type <laughs> offense. And, you know, you, you leave this game thinking, OK, maybe it's a week one anomaly and we can just scrap this thing and throw the entire thing away. And things could change a lot in the next couple of weeks. So that's the, definitely true. The but Bears it, aren't a team that play their starters in the preseason. So we, we have to say that. I know everybody says that nowadays that weeks one through three are like the new preseason. But still, I mean, these games count. <laughs> I mean, we're, 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 we're they using count these and, players and, in fantasy, and, and these players count toward – these these games count towards the final tally that you're going to need to make the playoffs. And these are the issues that we saw indications of last season. So, I mean, that was your, – you're worried with everything Bears – 
fantasy wise this year coming into the season is, you know, how consistent is this offense going to be? What's the upside with Trubisky? And last night did nothing to ease those concerns. I mean, in fact, it probably just, you know, raised more of them. And I'd say the other silver lining, at least from our perspective, is if NFL draft evaluators and personnel guys and scouts, you know, Dave Montgomery looks like a fucking beast, man. That guy's an animal out there. Now that's, you know, obviously like you tweeted last night, very clearly a, just a total headache right now to sort through that bears backfield. You know, hopefully they get a damn clue as I just, from a evaluation perspective, Dave Montgomery looked like an absolute animal out there last night, Alex. How about that catch? I mean, that, the, that diving, play, the diving catch, really which play, played out. he looked like a wide receiver. Um, but it's just concerning, man. Only 38% of the snaps last night for David Montgomery, 56% of the snaps for Mike Davis, and then Tariq Cohen, 70% of snaps. But see, he's lining up out of the slot. And what's that's doing, you take the fact that Cordero Patterson had 20 snaps, so 27% of team snaps last night. And you take the fact that Tariq Cohen is lining up so much in the slot. I mean, he had eight receptions last night. So when PPR, as bad as his line looked, it didn't really hurt you. I mean, did, did Tariq Cohen even get one carry outside of that one where he fumbled? I, I just, I'd have to look back and see. Let's just look back and see. Um, Tariq and you just Cohen. wonder when Matt Nagy and when they no, are dominating. It looks like they didn't even count. Like like in the official game book, they don't even they don't even count that one as a as a carry for him. So it's like I don't know, man. For Anthony Miller, and you know, people on oh, Twitter last night. He was an afterthought, night, man. Yeah, people he on Twitter last night were saying like, "Roster watch, what's up, Anthony Miller, your guy?" And like, yeah, we loved him as a draft prospect. Loved him last year as a breakout rookie. If it wouldn't been for the shoulder, I mean. He, he came through in the, in, in the touchdown department playing completely injured. But this year, it wasn't like we got a whole ton of Anthony Miller exposure. Draft him in the 10th round as my wide receiver five or something, you know, yeah, as an upside yeah. kind of guy, you know. And, yeah. you know uh, but, you know, quickly reminded last, last night as well, you know, personally, I may have broken one of the, our cardinal rules of fantasy at roster watches. No last-minute swindles, no last-minute roster changes. The, the lineup you set on Tuesday is almost always your best lineup. If you're not sure, just stick with it. Don't break the rankings, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, I had a tough – I have kind of a tough wide receiver three decision this week between three kind of difficult guys to choose through. And in, in this situation, man, on paper, you know, the game total in this game was like a 46-and-a-half pointer. The matchup looked pretty good on paper no, for Miller. All those Green Bay linebackers – hurting and struggling it seems you like get it. trey burton you know find out he's right. inactive and that just was the last you know but i was unfortunately i was too antsy i was jonesing for action that's a you know that's that's just such a it's a it's a amateur move that even you know an expert should never make but it was one i kind of knew i was making just because i was dying for action last night and i thought it was at least a decent spot and in the end you th- say well maybe it's going to cost me a few points if i make the wrong decision but you come out with the goose egg and it, you know, Anthony Miller doesn't look like you can, like a guy you can play or start anytime soon. I'm sure he'll be dropped in some leagues this week. Now I think that's the situation where next week you can come back and he can have 80 yards and a touchdown and it'll be a totally different story, but it's pretty clear. That's an unreliable, you know, bears offense out. So what does it say about the head coach when you're dominating on defense? Absolutely dominating. David Montgomery looks like a stud and you can't adjust your damn offensive plan. Line. You, you can't adjust line. your damn game plan to start feeding that boy the rock. 
and taking that game, taking control of that contest. I mean, they could have put that thing away. I mean, Rodgers is always a threat late in those games, but that game could have been much, much different if they had just adjusted to the course you know, of the game, the shape that that game was taking. You have a lead. Montgomery's ripping off big runs. What are you doing? Line it up and pound it on these guys. Trubisky sucks. So a lot of question marks, man. A lot, a lot of question marks. Only fe- people feeling good coming out of last night are Allen Robinson owners and of which uh, there are many in roster watch. And, may, and, and yeah. may, maybe, maybe Marquez Valdez yeah. Scantling owners came out feeling kind of good last night. He looks exactly like what folks were maybe hoping a pretty clear Rogers number two with some real speed, got some yeah. targets and some, you know, didn't break the bank last night, but he put something up for you. Taylor Gabriel had put, played it, played a ton and got five targets. So that's something to keep in mind. But man, Mike Davis. Is it? I mean, seven targets last night and six receptions to David Montgomery. One target, one reception, and you just wonder if things just got off script and off kilter from the get go. If that's the case, then you know that's the case. But the problem is, you know, now that this is this is a coaching staff that we've seen can get can get tilted and and go into a shell and get away from what they need to be doing. Like, if they could have run the ball with David Montgomery, I completely agree with you. They could have kept their defense off the field, kept their defense fresh, keep those ears pinned back on those guys. Um, Dude, that guy looks like a monster. Play to the strengths of your roster, right? It's like, so uh, definitely, definitely frustrating. I think that Aaron Jones owners are probably going to be frustrated last night, uh, over last night, because of the, um, just the usage, only 13 attempts for 39 yards with his best run as a nine-yard run. He also had one reception for zero yards on the game, so a bust game for him. But if you looked at it, Jamal Williams didn't come – you know, he looked bad, and he did not come in until – yeah, He didn't come in until like 10 minutes left in the second quarter. And by then, you could tell that LaFleur – like both of, these, both of these scripts got messed up for both of these teams, I think, right? Don't don't you? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I just don't think I've been telling you Aaron Rodgers is not the same Aaron Rodgers. This Packers team's not the same Packers team. Matt LaFleur is not going to be the guy that came in from his shitty Tennessee Titans offense. And that's going to just suddenly, <laughs> you know, fix the entire thing. And I don't think they're that good on offense either, man. I, you know, we've been hands off Aaron Jones for the most part. I'm not, I'm not going to, we're not going to pound our chest about that after one week. It was, he was clearly the, the lead guy and the Packers got a nice win so they could get off to some momentum and maybe this offense continues to build, uh, you know, some continuity. Jimmy Graham may be a little more involved than I thought, but they had what the hell they might've had two or three tight ends involved last night uh, in green Bay. I'll tell you what had me the most tilted about, making the last decision to get the last minute decision to get Anthony Miller into my wide receiver three in one of my leagues last night, Alex is, uh, you know, you know, it's kind of like, um, you know, we're both former poker players. You know what it feels like when you haven't really sat down at a card table for a long time. And you you, you go, you go sit around a little, you go sit down, you want to splash around a little bit and you just, you know, some of the very nuanced moves that suited King Tanks a lot better. Some of the little nuanced moves, things that you just don't remember until you start getting in there and taking a few, you know, a few smacks to the chops and you're getting the live bullets are flying and you start to get the kind of the feel of the thing, you get in the rhythm of the thing. And you're like, all right, I, I always remembered all the main principles, but all these tiny little things that make such a difference in, you know, in some, you start to kind of get back 
in the rhythm of the, and I just felt like last night was almost like knocking the rust off and it's just, you know, just wanting to splash around and, and not, not adhering to, you know, some of the cardinal nuanced rules about fantasy. And so, um, got, maybe got caught with my hand in the cookie jar a little bit last well, night. We should, we should have known when we saw that prop on Anthony Miller, only 35.5 over under for his yards. And I mean, it was a, over on my bookie. And I just, I mean, that was one that I, I, definitely bet the minute I saw it I said 35.5 yards no 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 Trey Burton I mean I just I was not expecting that Anthony Miller would only be a 20 percent snap participant and if this stuff continues with Tariq Cohen in the slot as much as he was used there and with Cordero Patterson getting all this run then um that could you know that could potentially continue for I couldn't believe the run Patterson got you know and they had been saying from Bears camp Miller had been limited or missed some time and it could be a situation where he's not fully integrated to begin the season, but then he's been back basically in practice for two weeks. So you start to figure he's probably back, you know, in the rotation, but man, that is a pathetic snap count percentage. So just strictly back to, you know, he was always a stash. If you played him this week, it's because you're in a deep competitive league and there was some indicators that it could be a decent play, you know, and, and, uh, in lieu of Trey Burton, but, uh, he always knew he was a stash. So now he is, and I expect him to see, him hit the waiver wire quite a bit this week, Alex. As I'm looking at the DFS slate, let's just transition over there and remind our listeners, if you'd like to use our DFS tools or our in-season tools, if you want to hear um, our in-season content, either on the podcasts or just, you know, through the various cheat sheets, the waiver wire cheat sheets, Byron's trade cast, um, snap counts, touches, targets, the matchup tool, touchdown dependency tool, the Vegas tool, all that stuff that we talk about. You can get it with a pro membership at rosterwatch.com. It is cheap, cheap, cheap. So make sure and get that done. I just kind of I we haven't I haven't gone into the models yet, Byron, and inputted the trends and done everything we need to do. I, I'm still waiting on your staff trends and some other things. But uh, you know, we we've certainly had all week to look at this main slate. Um I want to just remind everybody too that if you're playing this weekend and there look no no one's paying me to say this but just as as somebody who cares about daily fantasy sports and about the um about the ecosystem there's some there's some sites out there this week that are running tournaments that are huge monster tournaments with with no with with no rake and some of them are going to fill this this like the like the Hooters um, the million dollar uh, pri- the, the million dollar prize pool over at uh, Fantasy Draft, uh, co-sponsored by Hooters. It looks like that thing's going to overlay, and there's no there's no rake. Like there's there's no management fee. So what that means is like instead of playing in the Millionaire Maker, where sixteen percent of your buy-in is going to go towards just the management fee for the site. That's not like every dollar that you put out, you know, is, is going to the prize pool for that tournament, and also the the million dollar baller over at Yahoo. Both those are cheap buy-ins at Yahoo. It's a 10 entry max. So it's not like you're going to be going up against every asshole in the world that has 150 lineups that they've put out there against you. So uh, make sure and check out fantasy draft this weekend for that Hooters million dollar contest. And then Yahoo this weekend for the uh, million dollar baller, because I mean, over the course, you know, over the course of, you know, uh, 
however many lineups that you're going to be putting out, it, it really does make a difference that you're not having to pay those hefty management fees, at least not this week. And just selfishly, I'd like these contests to fill. So maybe they will you know, do them more and try and bring more customers over to their site, because obviously this is a marketing tool to bring customers to their sites. And I, I, I get that. But as long as they're giving us these contests with no management fee, you know, the you know, the first the first investments that I'm going to be going to be making into DFS this weekend are going to go to those sites because I know that I'm getting, you know, 15 to 16% discount just with no management fees. It's just something to keep in mind there. And again, they're, they're not paying us. They're not sponsors. Just a, a, a bit of DFS advice and, you know, game game selection talk there. With that being said, we'll be talking about uh, <laughs> DraftKings and, and FanDuel here mainly because that's the um, numbers that we have pulled up in our database. So, I just maybe we can start out at the at the uh, quarterback position, Byron. And as I'm getting things ready for the cheat sheet, and just looking over ownership percentages um, across the industry at a couple of different sites, I mean things are pretty well you know, at the quarterback position. We don't really have to usually have to worry about it. And I think that this week is is similar. It seems like there's a lot of a lot of advice condensed on a few plays. You hear a lot of talk this week about Jameis Winston uh, going up against. Going up against San Francisco, he's a he's a little bit pricey. There's a lot of talk about Carson Wentz as a big favorite, um, and what and what could and what could be a good matchup there in the NFC East. Um, def, it kind of feels like a lot of the it feels like a lot of the kind of sheen has worn off of what I thought was going to be a real chalky, cheap Kyler Murray in the Arizona offense. Now that people have begun to worry about him based on that uh, that second preseason game, uh, not sure how I'm going to handle that. Like as as you've gone through and just looked at the quarterbacks on this slate, and we'll just talk about the main slate. What do you think? Is there anybody that's really popping off to you? Because I was texting you earlier. I said, man, generally there's one of these guys I fall in love with, but I'm not sure that there's one guy at the quarterback position that I've really fallen in love with thus far. I'd say big picture that it appears to me that what this is boiling down to this week, one of the central themes, Alex, will be choosing your quarterback tight end stack in that Tampa Bay, San Francisco game. I think you can go with Winston, OJ Howard. I think you can actually potentially get tricky and go with a Garoppolo, George Kittle stack. Uh, We know that that's where a lot of people are headed towards that game this week because of the game total and just a lot of indicators that show it could be uh, abundant fantasy action. And everybody's going to be on Winston. I don't think many people are thinking about Garoppolo. Everybody's thinking about those two tight ends. You got a lot of people that might be playing everybody willy nilly, but we always want to be able to tell a story in our DFS lineups. And a lot of that comes down to a stack. So to me, that's going to be one of the intuitive stacks is one of those quarterbacks with one of those tight ends on either side of that contest. You maybe a lot of folks are going to have to decide which side of the fence they're going to get in on. Well, tight ends easy this, this, this week. So we'll, we'll talk about tight end whenever we get to it. And I kind of agree with you. It's like wherever the build leads you, I think that you're, you know, I think that you're fine. Just kind of maybe seeing how your build goes and not worrying really about quarterback until you get kind of into your build and you say, oh, well, you know, I have Chris Godwin in this build. So um, I also have from the 49ers, like, you know, Matt, Matt Breida. So maybe I should have 
you know, I should put Jameis Winston in my quarterback here, see how that works for the, you know, my last wide receiver spot and works for my defense or something like that. How, how, how can I fit in Jameis, et cetera, et cetera. If you, you know, looking for plays that are stacks or correlations with the other plays that you like or the plays that you're using from our, you know, from our cheat sheets or, you know, our projections or from wherever you get them, maybe, you know, as you're building your team, it will come to you that within this team that I'm building or within this story that I'm telling with this lineup, that this quarterback correlates with the best case scenario. And when we're playing tournaments, that's, that's what we're looking for. So that, that's kind of the way I'm looking at it. As, like I said, you know, I look at Jameis Winston, right? Um, high over under in this game, high total. Um, he's at home. He's got really good weapons. Mike Evans, of course, now today we get the word that he's got the flu or something like that, but he should be good. They say that that thing's going around the Tampa Bay locker room and everybody's getting over it in about 24 hours, so he should be good. Um, you know, But Chris Godwin's going to be popular. Like you said, O.J. Howard's going to be popular. On the other side, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm not sure how popular he's going to be. There's a little bit of – do, do you think he'll be like – I think he'll be in the single-digit ownership percentage numbers, right? I mean, none of these quarterbacks are ever over 20% owned. And I'll have to go look. I know one point you've made is that generally the quarterback pricing is – I know he's one of the cheaper guys, but we, I need to go back and see by how much because, as you said, it, that's kind of become more clustered. Because in theory, it's a nice idea to maybe pay down for a guy like Garoppolo this week because, look, I mean, everybody's going to have to but, consider but, being in on somebody like a Christian McCaffrey who's ex, you know more expensive – this week, but you've been saying recently that you know, quote unquote, paying down for quarterbacks not actually so much of a thing anymore. Well, it's not because I mean Carson Wentz fifty seven hundred, Kyler Murray's fifty six hundred, Jimmy Garoppolo's fifty eight hundred. Like he's like he's he's more than he's 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 more than those guys. He might I mean, be a better play than those guys this week. If if you're looking at, I mean, Josh Allen is fifty six hundred, Nick Foles is fifty three hundred. If you're looking to really 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 pay down on DraftKings, the only place you can really pay down that I can see is reasonably viable would be Jacoby Brissett. And I just don't know if we need to pay down this week because when we talk about the running backs, like we'll get to it here pretty soon. Like with the running backs, there's so many of these guys that are through the kind of the mid tier of pricing that I'm interested in. There's almost too many of them that I'm going to be real interested to see what our model says. If we put in our staff trends is I, I guarantee you, Byron, it's going to be one of these weeks where we're tilted because guys that we like get left off the cheat sheet. And it's just because we, that's just because we can't put 10. We can't I'm put down, 10 to eight, backs on. down to eight. So yeah. I might need to pare it down a little bit more, but how can you not? It's get fine. In on- it's fine if you send me eight. I mean, I, I th- those are things that I'll manually put into the model. But uh, what I'm saying is, we can't have as I can just guarantee you that the, between that the running back position between the guys that you like and the guys I like, well, if like we we'd have the whole player pool in there if it was everybody that we remotely liked. So um, it'll just it'll be in- it'll be interesting to see how that stuff matches up with the. Uh, with the trends and the projections and everything else that we're looking at. But I think that, Christian McCaffrey is going to be at the top of the list, right? I mean, he has to be. Yeah. Week. Well, I mean, yeah. everybody's number one play in all of fantasy this week. Well, yeah. And we can talk like, we can just move on to running back. So, um, it's actually, man, do you know what it's looking like? It's looking like Dalvin cook is probably going to be the most popular down there at six K. Love um, Dalvin. Just a little yeah. cheaper option. Here, 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 here are my only concerns, right? All right, so you got Minnesota. They're at home versus Atlanta. And what's everybody going to say about Atlanta? What's the first talking point everybody's going to say? 
whenever you talk about running backs versus Atlanta. That it's a sieve. It's a sieve for receiving, right? The Christian McCaffrey Keon Jones last is back. Year, I don't know how much that affects it. Keanu Neal's back. Like, like they have they have they, they have healthy players back at a lot of those positions that are going to be guarding the running backs out of the backfield. And I know, I know what people are going to say is no, even going back to Seattle, Dan Quinn's defense, they are bend but don't break. They allow this stuff underneath. The reason why they have a speedy, um, a speedy sideline to sideline presence like a Deion Jones is so they can, you know, once you allow those little dump offs, you have a guy who can take pursuit angles to that runner and can bottle those things up before they turn into big plays. Um, it's the, it's, it's the same thing with the Colts, right? With, with the Colts, um, they'll allow, I, you know, they were up there with the Falcons last year, as far as the number of passing attempts they allow to opposing running backs. I don't have that list pulled up, but I, I, they're, they're, they're up there. And it's the same thing with Darius Leonard. You know, if you get a piece like that, that you could play inside. That's just so fast sideline to sideline. They could bottle those things up. Sometimes these defensive coaches scheme it up. So I have feelings about Dalvin sort of on either side, just as that one stat or that one narrative pertains to him. But it's looking like Dalvin's probably going to be owned by one third of players playing, playing DFS this week. And if that's the case, does that change it at all for you? I know for cash games, we don't care about it, but yeah, that um, changes it. Because there's two guys that I view of as locks of the week, and I'd have to put them above somebody like Dalvin. And it's Christian McCaffrey and Leonard Fournette. Those are the two stone cold running back locks of the week. Period. End of Leonard, story. Leonard Fournette's going to be probably one third to one half as highly owned as, as as Dalvin, and he's and he's basically the same price. Six K versus six point one K for Leonard Fournette. Do, so I'm I'm with you. Leonard Fournette was my is my core play uh, at the running back position. Um, he s- sounds like he's probably going to be your core play. So regardless of what the trends or the models or the analytics say, he will make the cheat sheet. Uh, spoil alert for any of you out there waiting on it to come out later tonight. Um, I love him this week in this spot. It's a high total for this game. If you've noticed, the line has been shifting. I believe it's now down to minus. I'll, I'll look, but I, last I looked, it was it. This thing started out where it was, um, it was minus. What was it? Minus five for the Chiefs. Now it's down to minus three and a half. Um, so I think that maybe some of the some of the sharper money could be coming in now on the on the Chargers as these short home dogs versus the uh, versus the versus the Chiefs. Uh, high total, high over under. If, even if they get behind, Leonard Fournette's going to be game script proof. The only players behind him are Reichwell Armstead and Divine Ogzigbo, who's been there for all of, what, six days? I mean, and Reichwell Armstead, as much as we really liked him at the Senior Bowl and think he can catch, it's not like he was a proven pass catcher at the college level. So um, Leonard Fournette's he's game script proof. If he's out there, he's healthy, he's, he's, he's good to go. Um, the one th- – did did you see the news today about who was it Cam Irving or so who who was it Cam Robinson Yeah Cam Cam Irving Jesus Christ Cam Cam Robinson looks like he might be doubtful um that's definitely a little bit of a downtick for Leonard Fournette from a pure rushing perspective but I just think from even what we were able to see in the preseason just on a quick little sneak peek they're going to be using him as a receiver out of the backfield and I know you saw a lot more of that at Jaguars training camp yeah, he's going to be fine. He's a lock of the week. Barring injury, Christian McCaffrey, Leonard Fournette, two stone-cold locks of the week. 
So you're starting you know, and, then, and, and, and when and then when I look down at a maybe a little bit of a cheaper guy, we don't give want to give them all away, Alex. But a guy that you know I don't like on the season, I just don't believe he has viability over the long haul. He's too puny and he'll run out of gas. But a guy that I've been on the front lines for in the past in a one game scenario, I certainly think that when you look down a little cheaper, cheaper, you're gonna you mentioned it. You mentioned the contest a minute ago. You're gonna have to think a lot about Austin Eckler this week, man. Yeah, well, because of the we mentioned the I mentioned the oh because I mentioned the Colts earlier in the pass catching, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I need to add. See, there are just too many mid there there are too many mid priced running backs for any. I don't think Dalvin gets up to the you know everybody's pro- pro- projecting it between thirty and thirty five percent owned. I I I think we're going to project him once we put in our our own projections here on the cheat sheet, and we'll have to see you know once we add them all together what it is and it, it, it could end up like this but doesn't it seem to me like i mean maybe he maybe he'll be more like a like a quarter owned you know something like that it just doesn't i mean i think that leonard fournette should be higher owned than the you know 15 percent or something that people are pegging him at right now 10 15 percent so we'll see how things shape up with that um i just wanted to look and see if there were any other plays that really jumped off to me like you said we don't want to I mean, I got this, I got the running back slate figured out this week, Alex. I just can't give them all away on this podcast. I mean, I'm totally dialed in on the running back. All right, so I'm not going to ask you then about the guys who you really love, but what I will ask is just I'll look at some of the guys projected to be lower owned, say like sub 10% owned just for tournament players, and you tell me your level of interest from, let's say, a, let's say from 1 to 10, your level of interest in playing these guys. Le'Veon Bell at seventy one hundred on on DraftKings versus Buffalo. Seven eight. Mark Ingram at fifty one hundred um, at at Miami, in which like what looks like it's you know a matchup that's going. I mean, there's they are seven point favorites. That that Miami team is putrid. That defense makes for a great great correlation play with a player like Mark Ingram and. I mean, they're going to have Julian Davenport guarding the back after he's been there for all of five days, guarding the backside of Ryan Fitzpeepe, and and that's one of the worst offensive lines anybody's put together. Even before they lost Laramie Tunsil, um, it could be a lot of Mark Ingram dusting off these idiots in there there in the second half. Uh, I I don't see how his ownership percentage is projected to be at sub ten percent, but that's where everybody has him. Yeah, out of ten, I like him as. A- Probably a seven to a seven and a half. I mean, he's cheaper than Le- Le'Veon Bell. Maybe a smidge less than Le'Veon Bell. A seven to an eight. I like him quite a bit this week. Still, you know, I, it seems like they'll feed him this week, and it's a great game for that to happen. I, I've been at camp and just get a little bit. I want to, you know, those touches. Those touches could go a variety of ways in Baltimore in any given week. I mean, as much as I like Ingram on the season, I, I like him this week. I'm not in love. I like him. I think if you're going to like Mark Ingram this year, you kind of have to like him this week. Yeah, I mean, if but you draft then, but, him, right. you're excited about rolling him out this week. The game total is 37 points, Alex. Yeah. Um, it's a good matchup, but it's a low game total. Low game total. You got them talking about using running back by committee. It's exactly what I saw at camp. Ingram will be the lead guy, and they might want to feed their new show pony out there, right? But they also are a smart team, and you know they get a lead on these idiot Dolphins. They may start to spell him. Maybe play. Maybe if you're one of these mass multi-entry guys that plays 150 lineups, you could sprinkle in some Justice Hill. Byron talking about the new show pony there. Um, one guy that had a little bit of interest to me. I know he was listed as number one on the San Francisco depth chart in this high over/under game. They could shoot out a little bit 
uh, Matt Breed is only 4K on DraftKings. Um, I, I, you know, I figured that he'd be a popular play with the with the number of stands that he has in the in the fantasy community down there at 4K in this matchup in a game that uh, San Francisco Tampa Bay everybody's going to be stacking up ten ways from Sunday. Any interest there in Matt Breida if you can get him at you know five to seven percent ownership? Yeah, probably like eight, nine. I was hoping not to give this one away. This is one of the other guys <laughs> okay. in the Austin Eckler range that I'm pretty interested in. I, Matt Breida is a, is a that's a that's a serious play this week. Okay, um, and then just one other thing. What about they're saying that Todd Gurley is going to be a full go. So if we like McCaffrey, and I guess the correlation from running back to opposing running back isn't the exact correlation that you look for in these matchups when you're when you're trying to um, run it back with a player from the other team. But if anybody's interested in getting exposure to that game and maybe getting off the you know McCaffrey chalk, you'd probably be able to get Todd Gurley at, I mean, what maybe ten percent of his ownership, maybe not ten percent, but. Something but like if if Christian McCaffrey's in twenty five to thirty percent of lineups and Todd Gurley's in three to five percent of lineups, I mean they, they, you could see it. You could see something almost like that. Do, or do you have any interest in Todd Gurley, especially over on Fanduel, where he is? I mean, he is super cheap on Fanduel. I think he might be even cheaper on Fanduel than he is on DraftKings. When you put it like that, maybe I don't make enough lineups to to roster yeah. somebody like Todd Gurley. I mean, you got to have a lot of lineups to have a few Todd Gurley lineups, man. It's like you say, I mean, we can't have all these, can't have everybody every, can't own everybody every week. You can't you be interested in everybody. You Somewhere along the line, you got to throw the damn towel in, cut, you know, draw, draw the line. There's got to be a cutoff. Well, you don't, we, we don't throw in the towel because that implies that you're giving up and we don't ever give up. But at some yeah. point you just, you, you just draw a line in the sand and say no more. Right. Yeah, you just. You <laughs> That's the way I see it. Um, all right, so go to the uh, go to the roster watch site for the for the for the rest of the picks there. Alex, if you found a hundred dollars on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Who, who do I look like? A hundred dollars? I'm picking it up. Of course, you take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast. It's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it. Where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best. I would not be telling you to go to my bookie if they were not the best. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with my bookie. Did you know that you could bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet's going to lose, you can just take the other side. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of the year. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. But you have to use this promo code, guys. You have to use promo code ROSTER, R-O-S-T-E-R, to activate the offer. That, that's it. It's promo code ROSTER, R-O-S-T-E-R. Visit MyBookie.ag today, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E dot A-G today and use promo code roster my bookie you play you win you get paid wide receiver i mean look mike evans i think is going to pop off to a lot of people chris godwin i think will pop off to a lot of people i'm envisioning those two guys being a couple of the most popular if if things don't get really weird here with mike evans um in this whole flu 
situation uh, right up there at the top whenever you look at the salaries I mean you have Odell Beckham who's already saying that he can't open up on his hip right which worries me like wh- where are you on Odell Beckham are, are you excited to play him play him this week I was excited to play him this this week going up against a lot of Adore Jackson most likely but if he's still saying that that hip's a weird deal and like he's a a really fast car where the alignment just isn't really working right now. Freddie Kitchens this morning said that he's good to go. He's ready to go. I saw some clips of him in practice. He looks like he's moving well enough to me. He was doing the high step karaoke drills through the ropes, wherever you actually do have to kind of turn over that hip. Um, and I saw him go, you know, one way through it and then the other way through it. So whichever hip it is bothering him, it didn't seem to me like there was any hindrance there with that particular movement. What do you think about Odo Beckham? He's the most expensive wide receiver on the slate, and we all know that he's a GOAT. Well, then I'll be out. Uh, you think that's a reverse tell he's putting out, or you think he's being candid? <sighs> that's an interesting idea. I hope I mean, it's, I hope it's uh, not a reverse he's trying tell. trying to lull, lull these guys to sleep, man? I'm probably out, too. I'm probably out, too. So Yeah, he's, he's my number. He's my 10th-ranked wide receiver on the week. I like Odell Beckham. I, mean, I, I guess you could call it excited. Not the most I, excited I could ever be. You want to look at a few guys that I have in front of him. I have Adam Thielen over Odell Beckham this week. I have Amari Cooper over Odell Beckham this week. I'm not sure folks are totally surprised to find out that I have a Tyree Kill or a Juju or a Mike Evans over Odell. But that's the crew of, crew of folks I have over Odell this week. Still a wide receiver one, right, in a good matchup. So just well, I, probably not I, in my DFS lineups, right? Well, in season, in season long, you're starting him. <laughs> you yeah, know, but I it think. makes not – I mean, excited was your question. I mean, I don't – I could be more excited even if I owned him in season long than I might currently be. Right. Um, but a little – on things with that statement right i just like to know if it's true or not is he being genuine is he being authentic is it gamesmanship you know we, we you know we, we talked about playing poker earlier it's been a while since we sat down at the table man but maybe he's who knows maybe he's blowing a little smoke do you do, do you do you worry about julio jones getting shadowed by xavier rhodes it's not a great matchup i know i'm not real bullish on matt ryan this week I, I don't know how worried you get about that. Julio Jones is, he's almost, and he's virtually matchup proof. And I'd have to go back. This is anecdotal, but I feel like Xavier Rhodes has maybe leveled off in terms of being just a shutdown guy in the last year or two. You could maybe expand on that, Alex. I know for a while that was a real bad matchup a couple years back. I just don't remember. We still, we still have him as a we still have him as a as a as a tough matchup. But I mean, here's the thing: Julio Jones is a tough fucking matchup. Well, as a Calvin right? Ridley owner, I've been thinking it might. You know, we'll see. We're going to see if they open the season. If this thing is an Anthony Miller or something, you know, totally different with Calvin Ridley in uh, Atlanta. You know, part of me thinks that it, it, on paper it's a tough matchup for the Atlanta wide receivers. But maybe that attention goes to Julio and does that open things up for. Ridley or, you know, hopefully not Sanu, <laughs> but uh, that is a possibility as well. 2017 Julio Jones versus Minnesota at home in a 9-14 to loss, six targets, two receptions and 24 yards, his worst game of the 2017 season. So we'll see how that thing shakes out. Um, here at the top, though, it's just like I, I just kind of put together my trends for the top. I'm not as interested in those guys. I think when you get down to that mid-range, we, we talked about Godwin earlier. And there are two guys in the same game, Byron, that I'm interested in here. 
and it's the Cincinnati-Seattle game. Who do you think they are? I'm sure you know. You like Tyler Lockett, the Tylers. Tyler Lockett and Tyler Boyd. Yeah, yeah. Are you, were, were you interested in those guys? In a head-to-head matchup. I worry a little bit that the Seahawks could get out in front and turn into ground and pound. I may have be a little more interested in the Seahawks running backs this week than Lockett. I mean, I'm starting Lockett in my season long league and feel really nice about it. And so I, those are good starts. Those are good players that we liked and we assigned a fair amount of draft capital to. And I, I mean, those are players I'm happy to roll out this week. Sure. You know, I just, if you look at the game script, it does potentially, you know, based on the implied Vegas odds and game totals, it, looks like a game where Seattle could get on top and maybe pound these guys, these, these lowly bangles, you know, and you're always a little concerned when you're attached to Andy Dalton. But if on the other hand, if they're the ones playing for behind, then for Tyler Boyd, that could be a boon as the central target in a come from behind, you know, game where Vegas is predicting they're going to lose by almost 10 points. could be a lot of garbage time for Tyler Boyd in that game. Alex, that's an interesting, certainly an interesting thought. Well, they're gonna. They're gonna. It, didn't Cordy Glenn already get called out of this game? Cordy Glenn for the. Um, let me just see. Cordy Glenn. Looks like. Uh, day. Cordy Glenn chances to play in Seattle. We're taking it day by day, so we'll see. He's been engaged. He's been a part of everything. He's gotten a lot of reps over the years. He knows what the plan is. So, it looks like. But he is still in concussion protocol as of two hours ago. The team's still hope. Look, if he can't go, we're going to be looking at what, like Bobby Hart starting. Was it like so? That's that goes. That offensive line goes from putrid to just absolutely, absolutely miserable. Andre Smith and Andre Smith and Bobby Hart going up against. I mean, are they going to be going up against Jadavion Clowney and Ezekiel Ansah? <laughs> that's starting to sound pretty uh, formidable. I mean, that's – well, I mean, that's just – Frank Clark? Is Frank – no, Frank Clark no, got rated. Gone, gone, gone. But still, man, that's uh, – I mean, they got Puna in the middle. They Like, they like that that front, I worry – I just – I think the game strip's going to go really weird on these guys. And I think that Tyler Boyd is going to be the beneficiary because they need to get the ball out quick. He runs those low average depth of target routes. And when he gets the ball we, – we know what he can do when he gets the ball in his hands and when he gets fed fed volume – it is um it's just we we saw it through through the whole start of you know the beginning of last season Tyler Boyd's always been a golden son so I'll be getting him in this week I believe I don't know if I made him my core play at the receiver position but he's somebody that I immediately um you know kind of looked at in this game because like you said I'm interested in Russ I'm interested in the running game there with Chris Carson I'm interested in Tyler Lockett and if I'm going to be bringing it back with somebody I think it's going to be Tyler Boyd in those lineups that I choose to correlate like that um anybody else at the wide receiver position that really pops off to you maybe somebody on the, in the lower tier or really anybody is there anybody that I that I'm sure there's guys I've talked about that you, you know guys that you're interested in that I haven't talked about Week one, you got to be a lot of rooting for Andy Dalton in your household, man. Never, <laughs> never sure how these things are going to shake out once you enter the season. Sometimes, like entering the twilight zone, you wonder where the hell you are, man. Yeah. And, uh, you weren't thinking about that one preseason, just firing it in there with the red rifle. <laughs> Sometimes it's not about the red rifle. It's just about. I mean, did I not lay out the script that I thought was okay? Yeah, sure. I mean, you're 
pumped up to watch the fucking to, you want to see the red rifle get heated up and start firing it in there on Sunday. I, I think the, I think the red rifle is going to get heated up in more in more ways than one with this matchup with with Seattle. That's for sure. What about what, what about Marvin Jones? He's sub five k against the horrible Arizona defense. No Patrick that's, Peterson. No Robert Alford. I think that's a fine play. I had Marvin Jones. Uh, ranked pretty well as my we have him as a basically low-end wide receiver two or high-end wide receiver three this week so he's cheap with a good matchup i can get behind that one a little bit the wide receiver group is actually the last position group that i'm finalizing my trends and picks on right now so really the only ones i can give you for sure are my two min price trash men of the week alex <laughs> let's hear them well, you've heard him before on this podcast. You heard about him from training camp. You've heard about him a few times. But two of the highest game total uh, contests on the slate, the Panthers and Rams, Panthers at home, Bucks and 49ers, Bucks at home. Those are two games a lot of players are going to be mixed up in in their DFS lineups. And if you want to pivot to a low ownership, you know, basically min price type player in either one of those contests, you should be thinking – very seriously about Jarius Wright of the Carolina Panthers uh, as a cheap wide receiver play. You should also be thinking just about the epic pivot off of all the Curtis Samuel chalk because Kurt, Curtis Samuel's too cheap with all the buzz he's gotten. He is too cheap. He might be the highest owned player on the entire slate just because he can make so much work for you and you have a real stud in there for like what, 4,200? 4, well, for what it's worth, you should be very interested in a cheap Curtis Samuel. I mean, that's definitely true. But uh, were you going to bring up Brashad fucking Perriman? Yeah, Brashad Perriman. He's the other. Guy. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Oh God! People are just turning off the podcast already. All right. Yeah, that's enough wide receivers. Go go to rosterwatch.com. Go get the go get the cheat sheet and the and the optimizer and the Vegas tool and everything else that we're offering. If you love us and you want to support the pod, and you're not somebody who we reach out to today to give those free pro memberships to, remember. Rate and review the pod with a five-star rating and review. Leave your Twitter handle or your Instagram handle. Once we get up to 500, we'll be giving away more pro memberships. And that's a great value. It takes you like two seconds, man. It's like a $49 value for it's like a whole year of roster watch. That's draft season stuff. Who knows? By the time that February comes around, you could have like the value out of like XFL DFS cheat sheets and stuff. You never know. All right, tight end. To me, this is easy as hell, Byron. I mean, it's really easy. You talked about it earlier. Stack your quarterbacks with your tight ends. I get it. Everybody knows that playing Kelsey is always a good idea. Everybody knows that playing George Kittle is usually a pretty good idea. Evan Ingram should be a should be a good idea. No Golden Tate here in this game. I just don't know who else they're going to go to. They they were lining him up outside as like the ex wide receiver. Pat Shermer saying things like he's going to be the offense's big playmaker and field stretcher. I don't think as many people are going to be on Evan Ingram as they are on the others because you know everybody's going to want to pair their O.J. Howard with their Jameis Winston, their George Kittle with their um, with their Jimmy Garoppolo, right, in that big high over-under game. Some people are still going to play Patrick Mahomes even though the matchup isn't great versus the Jags just because you might get him at a reduced ownership and um, he can go off against anybody. They're going to be pairing Kelsey with him. The one thing that really sticks out to me, Byron, is Hunter Henry in one of the top matchups of the week, only sub-4K. 
on DraftKings. I don't think you can play him on FanDuel where he's up at like 56, 5,700, but only 3,900 on DraftKings. Hunter Henry, to me, looks like a fantastic play, but I think if you're on him, you are not going to be alone. I haven't, I haven't looked at what ownership percentages are looking like across the sites right now, but I, I can only imagine that, ah, maybe not. Let's see. Yeah, it looks like he's going to be the highest owned at two different spots. So people are pegging him for between 16 and like 21% ownership. Travis Kelsey, um, the only other guy that's up there in that 15% range. And then the rest of these guys, it looks like we'll be able to get them at, you know, 8 to eight to 12% when we're talking about the Kittles and the O.J. Howards, the Evan Ingrams, et cetera. Anything sort of stand out to you with that whole group, or is it just like – Decide what quarterback you're using. Decide what kind of build you're going with and just sort of see what fits. A couple of things. I mean, that's a good point is that a lot of times you try to build this story with your DFS lineup and it kind of by deduction, it funnels down to that last spot or so so that it kind of gets decided for you, right? Because of your budget constraints. Um, You know me, Alex, I've been saying for quite some time, as long as Melvin Gordon is out, in my opinion, it's an uptick for all the chargers, pass catchers. It's even an uptick for rivers probably. So Henry makes a lot of sense this week. If you want to go a little bit lower, if you're, uh, if you decide you want to roll out Lamar Jackson at quarterback this week, you know, you could consider a Mark Andrews. Maybe you could get real sneaky and consider one of those other guys for, probably super min salary but you know that's that's probably getting too tricky i think if you do decide to roll out lamar jackson you can consider mark andrews as a, a fairly reasonable tight end option this week and then the other thing that stuck out to me alex and you touched on it a little bit is i'm not going to play patrick mahomes this week so the question is how much sense especially if i'm talking about stacking tight ends and quarterbacks if i'm not playing patrick mahomes this week how much sense does it make for me to play Travis Kelsey and then if I'm you know does that bring me back then to replacing him with maybe a Zach Ertz on the top end because you know we're interested in Carson Wentz no I mean no that makes plenty of sense to me especially with Dallas Goddard kind of popping up on the injury report we'll have to keep an eye on that so no I think it I think it makes a lot of sense um to 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 look at there I think that the way that I would use Kelsey even though I'm not really interested in playing Mahomes this week would be if I was stacking that game because it is a high over under there I think D.D. Westbrook's going to be pretty popular at the wide receiver position and I think that Nick Foles might be a little bit popular just because he's cheap and the matchup is good um, so maybe if you rolled out a Nick Foles, D.D. Westbrook stack, you could think about bringing it back with the Kelsey. That would be a way to get off the general roster construction that most of the Kelsey owners would would have. And, you know, Kelsey, if he catches seven balls and goes for, you know, 102 yards, maybe doesn't get in the end zone, he's still, you know, still pretty much paying off for you on DraftKings where you, where you get that three-point bonus for the 100-yard game. So that would be my general instinct there. I, I'll, I'll probably have some lineups, though, that – feature Kelsey it's just boy Hunter Henry at almost literally half the price is um seems seems really really appealing and I mean his his implied team total in that game is at 25.5 Travis Kelsey's is only 27.5 so like I don't know I I, I'm I think that I think I've talked myself into talked myself into some Hunter Henry here uh what about defenses to me uh, like in complete honesty 
I don't know how I'm going to be able to get off the chalk defense of the week and it's also the most expensive defense of the week and it's the defense that everybody's going to be paying up for which generally spells disaster especially when you're going down to Miami where it's hot and muggy coming from up north or coming from out west the Baltimore Ravens though it just seems like they're in it's such hot a good spot. and muggy in Baltimore man yeah, is it? I'm, oh boy, I'm not. It? I'm. I'm not much of a of a uh, east east coast elitist, so I don't know how the weather patterns are up there. I know that you've been. I've never wanted to way. be, man, but it sure is hot and humid up the eastern seaboard, man. Okay, well, I mean, to me, it's just Baltimore. It's just it makes too much I, sense. It's not Miami. <laughs> not the sweltering heat in Miami. Yeah, the only thing that gives me pause in that one, Alex, is the fact that the game's on the road. Everything else says it's you know, full-blown green light for Ravens defense. But like you said, it's the obvious play too. So, And it's the one everybody's going to be on, and it's the one that costs the most. Just generally whenever there's a, posi- a position that has the week-to-week variance of like a defense or, you know, even like wide receiver, right? It's like if there's one that is expensive and everybody is on them, Sometimes it makes sense to, to pivot. I love the Ravens, though. I'm not sure, you know, if they're going to be 20% owned and I'm 100% Ravens, then I'll feel fine, right? I, I, I think I'll feel fine. But any others that kind of tickle your fancy if you're not going to go with Baltimore? Yeah, I don't want to give away the sneaky defenses, but maybe two of the other obvious ones per Philly. the Vegas lines are Philly and Seattle this week, Alex. Yeah. yeah. Big favorites I, at home modest game totals he really modest bad, or bad more modest than seattle bad Best offensive lines yeah, yeah those are i mean if you want to get off the ravens if i'd be interested to know what the ownership projections are for eagles in seattle but to me those are the very very obvious you know pl- other plays that are out there this week and then certainly there'll be a couple other sneaky ones on this week's cheat sheet over at rosterwatch.com 